Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Life, Love, Marriage, Divorce, the podcast. I'm your host, Monique Davis Dotson, and here's part two of my interview with retired NFL player, Bonnie Holiday. What kind of advice would you give Bonnie Holiday in 1998? Um, what would you say to your younger self? I would probably say something like what uh, Joe Theismann said to me. I remember being a rookie in, in, in Green Bay, and you know, before the game, you have the production meeting. Right. And so you, I went into this production meeting and it's, it's Joe Theismann. I'm like, wait, whoa, whoa, Joe Theismann. Like, I, this is the guy I watch on TV. Like, come on, man, you gotta be, t-. And he knows my name and he's talking to me like, and he said to me, he said, Bonnie, you know, play this game for as long as you have that look in your eye you have right now. And that feeling that you feel right. That feeling that you're feeling right now. And I didn't quite understand that when he said it. Mm-hmm. Right. He also said, enjoy every day because it's, it's, it's short lived. You know, we talked about three years, three games. Never did I, and, and I took it for granted being in a locker room with Reggie, being in a locker room with Brett, being like Leroy, like these guys have been playing for so long, yeah. right? Expecting to, I don't know that I expected it, but, but from being around those guys that have been around so long, you just feel like, okay, I'm going to be one of those guys. Like these guys, this is how you do it. But then as you, every year seeing, faces change guys who came in they're supposed to be the best thing since sliced bread and then they're gone or then an injury you know it happens right just like in life things happen in nfl things happen and the situations changes and just because you signed a deal it's a business mm-hmm. and they're always looking for the next man up yeah and so you have to make the most out of your opportunity and make the most out of every day because that things change fast and so those relationships that I talked about, the relationships with the guys in the training room, still to this day, Flea in Green Bay, who was just a small time guy in the training staff when I was there, who, t- who taped rookies. Now he's the head guy, you know, because Kevin O'Neill, I mean, not Kevin O'Neill, uh, uh, Pepper's gone. Right. But Pepper and Kurt and, and Red in the equipment room and, and that whole guy. That, 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 that's what it's all about. And when you're done, yeah, you miss the plane rides, you miss hitting people, you miss the roar of the crowd. But what you really miss, and I was so happy that I got a chance to really fully develop and experience our relationships with the people in the building, the people that make your day-to-day smooth. Yeah, run smooth. The the behind the scenes people, right? Uh, To this day, when I go back to Green Bay or Miami, seeing those people who are still there and their faces, just the joy that comes with that because and the appreciation that I have for them for what they did to, for me to allow me to just be a football player and go out and do what I did. I would tell my younger self, like, hey, I'm glad I did, but remember those, develop those relationships, treat those people with respect, because those are the people that one day you look back on and you're like, man, you know, you, you may have taken them for granted a little bit, um, but they were so important, allowing you to go out and just play the game that you love and be successful. I would also say, yeah, there's pressure and, 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 and there's grind and there's, there's all those things that come with that, but truly enjoy every day and, and, and bring your people with you, right? You know, your family, your friends, as much as you are on this ride, this journey, they are with you too. And that, that's important. That was important for me. That was important for me to bring my, my people with me right. and let them share and experience that. I would also say to myself on the other side is learn to say no. 
Yeah. Be a little more selfish and learn to say no. And don't allow guilt to be associated to saying no because you know your heart. And saying no because you have to also protect yourself. You have to protect yourself. And and everybody's not going to play 15 years. Everybody's not going to make. We see all the stories about people who make millions and millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. That's not across the board. Mm-hmm. As many guys that make millions, there's there's three times as many who don't. Exactly. And three, you know, never get to that big contract, right? And so I would tell, and I and I and I had this. Like I said, I, I was fortunate, man, in, in being in that locker room with those guys and listening to Reggie, right? Talking to a guy like Billy Lyons, who a lot of people may not even know, but but just remember he was just a, a hard nosed working guy who never got the big contract, but really loved football. Bob Kaberski, you know, those guys, these are names that Green Bay Packer fans will remember, but a lot of people don't, they're not household names. Right. Um, but just how important those relationships were and, and things that I took from that. And so being a sponge, I tell young guys to be a sponge, soak it all up. There's so much, there's so much experience, so much knowledge, um, so many things that, that can help you along your way, right? Right, right? and so, yeah. Yeah, I, I was fortunate, Mo. You know what I'm saying? I was very, very fortunate. I know, and you're very humble in regards to how you've been able to share this knowledge and wisdom. You had started a foundation. You coach, you know, your, your son's uh, baseball team. Uh, Basketball, football. All I of coach it. softball. Yeah. You do it all. You do it for your daughter. You do it all. And so you have taken the experiences from Camden, South Carolina, from to North Carolina, you know, going to school there, to all of these great experiences and taking them with you wherever you go and depositing those same seeds of what was given to you, love from your family to so many others. Um, with that, these relationships that you've been able to, to build, you have also been successful post-football career. Um, you have several business endeavors. You know, it's very challenging for a lot of athletes who retire to kind of find their, their place or their space. Um, how have you been able to be successful in that transition? You know, I, once again, I think it's about your team, right? I mean, I think that, you know, for a lot of us as football players, we've been, the things that make us great at, at, at what we've done and, and experiences, the success that we've had, is our belief in ourselves and um, our outlook, being very optimistic about situations, right? Mm-hmm. Thinking that, but that also can get, get us in trouble, right? <laughs> because I think sometimes we lose sight of how important that team is. Having that coach, having that offensive coordinator, having that defensive coordinator, having that special. And our bit, when, when, once you transition over, you need to ha- find those people in your life to help you make those transitions because we don't have the answers. And there's so many people that are gonna come in and say, hey, I got a great idea. Right. Oh, I got a great idea. Oh, this, but they don't have any money. They wanna take all your money. And the <laughs> next thing you know, your bank account is low because this yeah. deal's failed and this deal's failed. Yeah. I'm much more interested in the guy who comes in and say, look, I like you and the values and the, and the, and the, and the, and the, the uh, what you bring to the table, mm-hmm. okay? And so it's less about my money and more about your sweat, like sweat equity, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I want to use a little bit of your money, but more importantly, I want you to be a part of building and growing something. Mm-hmm. And so for me, my friends always joke with me and say, I am cheap. 
That's what they say. Like I have my first dollar. We know that's not true because I, that's I'm like you over here, true. like you over here eating steak right now. Where do you think that came from? Exactly. Right, right? I'm over here on the grill cooking. So yeah. it's not that, but I do believe that you have to protect your nest egg, right? You have to protect your bag. You just do. Most people, your, your, your earning potential kind of starts out like this mm-hmm. and it's slow, slowly over Going life up. you grow up. Yeah. It goes up. Football players, it starts out, it shoots straight up mm-hmm. and then it goes the opposite. Then over time, you sh- you're not making the same kind of money. And so you have to keep that in mind as you go out. Don't try to hit home runs, you know, try to hit singles, mm-hmm. you know, hit a single here. Maybe you hit a double. Every once in a while, you might get lucky and hit a triple, but don't try to go get it all at one time. Sometimes when they say things are too good to be true, they are. They are. When somebody comes in and they're selling it too so hard, take a step back. Yeah. If it's this good, why are you coming to me with it, yeah. right? And so that's kind of been my approach. I, I, I really have tried to protect the bag. I've seen the horror stories. I know how important it is for me to maintain and sustain <laughs> because I have a village I have, that I have to take care of. It's not just me, you know? And so you have to remember that. And I think that once we start finding more value in who we are, what we bring to the table, and it's not just about our bank account, as you go into these business endeavors and opportunities and say, yeah, that's fine. I understand. But I don't want it to be about my money. How can I be a part of this business or this opportunity? Be selfish once again. How can I grow? How can I? I want to learn your business, all aspects of it, because maybe I want to go start my own business one day. Right. Maybe I want to become a CEO. Right. I have so much more to add than just my, 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 my pocket, you know, my pocket or my purse. And so that's kind of been my uh, approach to, to the business world. I mean, I don't want to just be a guy who gives money. Now, there are certain situations where something falls into your lap and it has happened where things took off. But you also have to realize, and that's why a team is so important. And I think there are some guys out here or some, some, some companies that are starting to organ- understand this. And I'd like to, this is something I have to challenge myself to do too. We talked about that team and a coach and an and a, and a, uh, offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, but, but, but starting a program or starting a business that allows young guys who are making that transition a resource mm-hmm. to help them navigate them through these decision-making process. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me, when somebody, come, you know, when I first come out and somebody's talking to me about a restaurant, I mean, I don't know anything about restaurants. Right. You know, it sounds like you got good food. It sounds like a good idea. <laughs> People are going to eat. But restaurants fail at a very high rate. Very high rate. Right. Very high rate. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we don't understand that. But, but your buddy who you know for a long time, and you kind of feel guilt about, well, I got the money. He has the idea. Hmm, let me give it a shot. He's a terrible businessman. He's awful. a cook. That's what he does. Yeah. He's an awful businessman, though. Yeah. And so you find yourself a year or two from now, you're mad at this person, your relationships uh, in shambles because you trusted him and he was a bad businessman. Exactly. And you were trying to do the right thing. And he was probably trying to do the right thing, too. But he's not a businessman. He is a, a, a chef. He makes good food. That's what he does. But he needs someone... Uh, a business manager, he needs a manager of his kid uh, to, to run the business. And, mm-hmm. and so many times that happens. So I, I encourage you to, before you put your money into anything, to get you a, a, a team of forensics. It, it'd be like before you let somebody take care of your child, right? Yeah. You don't just let anybody give your baby to anybody. It's the same thing with your money and, and, and because that's how you put food on your table. That's how you feed your family. That's how you live your comfortable life. You got to treat it the same way. You can't just let anybody have that. Right. Right. You got to protect that. So let me ask you. So is that what has 
helped you because you have shared the businesses that you were able to invest in and create and build. You were able to find a good team. How did, you know, again, transition because everybody isn't as lucky and there are going to be some hits and misses, right? Along the way, just a part of it. So So I, I I got, I got involved and and just like everyone else, like you said, they're hit and misses. And so, you know, I remember when I first got out, you know, someone came to me with a restaurant and I I didn't get involved. Um, But I did get involved with a restaurant lounge that was actually in Texas and it was a minimal investment, right? Once again, I'm not trying to to hit a home run. So I put some money there. It it failed, but I learned from the experience, right? So I learned from the experience. So then uh, we got into a farm the table. Like we got into, and it was bringing food, good quality produce and food to a food desert. Mm-hmm. So for me, there was kind of more of the civic aspect of it. Like, man, this is, this is awesome. Like people are giving back to community, creating opportunities. We're going to work with schools and bring kids in, uh, learn, teach them how to grow food and farm. Um, but the guy that we got in business with, even though he came with all the credentials, you know, very affluent, uh, very, very top tier law school he went to but he was not a businessman, right? right? And he was not a leader, mm-hmm. right? He didn't know how to lead people and, and, and motivate people. Even though we had Oprah Winfrey come into our place during Stacey Abrams' run for the governor here, everything was trending in the right direction. But behind the scenes, things were falling apart because he was not a good businessman, mm-hmm. right? And not understanding his deficits and where he needed help and not taking advice. And so that business failed, mm-hmm. right? And so, but with failure, there's a learning aspect to it, right? right. Like it's okay to fail. It is. It's okay to fail. Yeah. But it's how you respond to that. Exactly. Right? It's how you respond to that failure. And so in, in, in sinking my teeth into that deal and, and the forensics part of it, seeing exactly what happened, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. So then we get it. We, at the same time, we're simultaneously in tuxedos. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was called the it's called the wedding store for men.com. And it's an online tuxedo store. It's a tux in a box, mm-hmm. right? You can't beat it. I mean, renting a tuxedo nowadays, you want a quality tuxedo, 225, 250 bucks, easy. Mm-hmm. Right. And it still looks when you put it on, it's like, what is that? For a guy <laughs> like me who's big shoulders, yeah, but has a small waist. I mean, I look like a refrigerator <laughs> because of the tuxedo. So wanting to offer a custom look mm-hmm. to guys for a tuxedo rental price, great market, mm-hmm. great opportunity. And so we got into this business and, you know, we chugging right along, looking great. Then the pandemic hit, right? right. <laughs> so the pandemic hit, people not having weddings anymore, people not having um, proms, proms and all those things. And yeah. so, yeah, you know, trying to keep your head above water, you know, have all these loans and stuff out there. So now we find out, find out repositioning and, and, and as we go forward, but, you know, in business with some guys that are a very, 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 one of the guys, a, a biz, just a business mind, financial side of things, just awesome. And then the other guys, the designer, uh, salesman. And so a team that if we can continue to hold it together, yeah. we can ride this thing out, think good things can happen. And then just, just through relationships, like we talked about, by, by the way you carry yourself and, and, and being that ambassador, Right. As you out and about and just doing things the right way, meeting quality people, uh, got into franchising with Rourke, uh, Rourke Capital and, 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 and the guys here in Atlanta. And that has been a really, really good deal. 
I mean, it's, 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 it's been awesome. And it was through a, a friend of a friend, a guy I coached with, and quite frankly, somebody I never foresaw, you know, being friends with or doing business with, a guy named Danny Ferry, who's a dookie. You know, you go to Duke, Carolina, come on, man. But um, <laughs> Danny, Danny has become a, a really good force in my life, and, and it's really opened some doors. As, as Black people, we talked about this earlier, um, we're... And it kind of goes with that privilege that we were talking about earlier. We're not, we don't have a seat at the table a lot of times. Right. And it's not because we're not as smart as, or that we're less than, it's access and opportunity, mm-hmm. right? Um, I have a buddy who's become a mentor to me uh, as I, once again, navigate, navigate this new space of, of being a businessman. And he always had a saying, for some reason, it was like a thorn in my side though. He said, I like to do p- business with people I like, know, and trust. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, that makes sense. It yeah. does. For whatever reason, you don't know enough people that look like me. So I get what you're saying. But when I look at your website for your business, it's all white, middle-aged men. Mm-hmm. Now, what you're saying makes sense. You like to do pe- business with people you like, know, and trust. Right. Well, it's time for you to get to know people that don't look like you. So that you right? can learn to like, know, and trust them. Know and trust them. Yes. Right. Right. Just like you learn to like, know, and trust me as a black man. And it's not necessarily, it didn't start in your space, in the business space. It was because we coached against each other. Then we coached together. Then our kids played together. So you become a pretty good friend of mine. Yeah. And uh, we do business together. So I'm not the exception. There are a lot of people out there and people who are even more qualified, who are smarter, who are brighter than, than, than me. Mm-hmm. So how do we change that? Right. But to his credit, he's been very open-minded and he also understands his privilege and what, what I was saying. But through that relationship and through having this open dialogue, because he was open to it, right now I am as happy as a kid. I mean, I'm like that bright-eyed, bushy-tailed rookie, Mo, who came into Green Bay back in 1998 with my future and what I can do in the business world right now. Is, because it, is it the joy of the cakes? Falling down. It's from like the cake sky. falling from the sky right now. Yeah, it's okay. like cake falling from the sky. And it's, it's, it's all about incl- inclusion and diversity. That's my, my take on things. Um, I'm using my opportunity and access. I want to bring my people with me. Right. right? I want to open doors because companies, these companies are now seeing the importance of inclusion and yeah. diversity yeah. and how that plays. Right. And, they, and I don't want it to just be about optics. I want this to really be about you wanting to create opportunity. And I don't know that you can level the playing field, but with that mindset of trying to level the playing field. Because the race started 400 years ago, right? Or however many years ago. And so you've run a thousand laps and now we're taking off. Like, so we can't can't catch you. We can't catch you. Yeah, we can't catch you, but we want you to acknowledge. Yeah, we can join you. Okay. We can join you. We want you to acknowledge that that's the case, that that's the situation. And understand that there are people out there who are as deserving, yeah. who as, are as talented as people that may not look like you. Exactly. And so that's, that's where I am right now. Um, okay. That's what I'm trying to do in the business world. Um, be, because of my reputation and because of what I've done uh, my first career, because of the values and the lessons that my grandmother and my family instilled in me back when I was a little kid, um, that have carried me thus far. You know, my grandmother used to say, uh, manners and respect to carry you a lot farther than 
than money and, and then those other things, right? Yeah. And that is so true because I would have never had the opportunities I have right now if I didn't carry myself a certain way or if I didn't, be, you know, do, do the things that to me are just what you should do, right? The way you should be act, the way you should treat people like you want to be treated, allow me an opportunity to be in a space, in a place at a time that is right for me. And I'm looking forward to, to, to the next chapter of my life and, and, and what, you know, is in store for me and creating something that's bigger than me mm-hmm. for people that, that look like me. Generational yeah. stuff here. That's what yeah. we're talking about. So yeah. as we are coming to a close, let me ask you this. Balancing, you know, you've been married for how many years now? I've for- known her since for 26 years, but we've been married for probably uh, 16 years. 16 years. Now that you have transitioned and gone into the business world, how do you find balance with being a businessman and being a father? and a husband. I'll say this about that. Like, so I was very fortunate and blessed in, in, in the fact that I was able to play for so long, right? And with that comes paychecks and with paychecks comes uh, a cushion, if you will. Because of the way I grew up, I told you I grew up in a house with five women. My, you know, my dad and I, uh, our relationship when I was younger was, he was a provider financially, but we didn't have much of a relationship outside of that. Mm-hmm. And that bothered me for a long time, very troubling. And I had to deal with that. And so as a, once I became a, a young man, me actively initiating that, you know, that conversation and, and opening the doors for that relationship with my father, who had had a tremendous amount of hostility towards that I didn't even know. It was kind of underlying hostility towards because I didn't feel like he stepped up the way that he should have. Yeah. He was there for me the way that he, I wanted him to be. But also understanding because you grow and you learn and you become a man and you experience things that life happens, right? People have a time. People have things. They have their story, yeah. right? That led them to be who they are, why they are, why, why they are. And so with that little bit of growth and maturity and understanding that it takes two and I wanted to have a relationship. That was important to me. So opening that doors and nurturing that relationship. And now we have a, a very good relationship. You know, he's, 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 he's really is a, a good man. He's just a hard nosed blue collar, you know, just a simple man that just, he does love his family. You know, he, he's worked hard all his life. He's retired about seven times now, but uh, <laughs> um, that's just who he is. Um, but in saying that it was very important for me to have a great relationship and to be there for my kid. Um, marriage is not something that my mom has five brothers and five sisters and, and marriage and, and, and that idea was not something that was big in our family either. You know, we had a couple of brothers and sisters got married, but it was just not not how things were done. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was about being an example for, once again, for my, my young people that were coming through. I think family is very, very important. I think it should not be taken lightly when you step into that institution, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it takes a lot of work. It's not easy. It's very hard. It takes two. You know, finding the right partner is very important. Don't just do it just to do it. Um, I think there's balance. I think people grow. I think people change. I think that, yeah, I think all those things, all those, all those things are important. And so for me, after I retired, it was very important for me to come back and try to reconnect. Because when you're an NFL player or a professional athlete, or I'm sure it's the same in the business world, when it, you're, so much is demanded of your time, even mentally and psychologically, what it takes 
to be successful, right? There is inherently a, a, a level of selfishness that you have to take on to be that successful and to do it for a long time because you really have to check out of, if you had an argument with your wife that morning or your kid is sitting, it could be so many, any, your mother, whatever it is, when you step into that building, you step onto that field, you have to compartmentalize that. Right. You have to put that away or you use that as motivation or you, when I go out and I'm in practice and I'm running up against those offensive linemen, I get a chance to hit somebody, you get, it's therapeutic, right? But you have to learn how to deal with that. And, 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 but that can be consuming too, right? Because now when you're not in that environment anymore, you don't have those same outlets, you have to find another way to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a lot of challenges for, for guys like me, guys who were in some profession that demanded that type of uh, focus and concentration and, and, and level of you know, selfishness, right. that once you're out of that space and you move back and, and you no longer have that, to, 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 to flip the switch or to transition back into a normal day-to-day life, right? Where now you need to open up and be more involved with your wife. And you need to be more involved with your kids. And you need to, and everybody can't do it. No. Or everybody doesn't have the conversations, the hard conversations mm-hmm. with other guys who are going through it. Coaches, right? You have, co- for, for all of us, we've had coaches for so long. And then we get to the end of our career and now we kind of find ourselves floating out there. Yeah. We don't have those coaches. We don't have that locker room anymore. We don't have those outlets. And so that can lead to destruction. That can lead to bad situations. I, I think it's important for us as, as, as peers, as friends, as brothers, as wives, as moms, as whomever, to recognize that, mm-hmm. acknowledge that. And then how can we help all of us get through that together? Exactly. Right? How, how can we do that? And so, you know, I, I, like I said, I've been fortunate. It hasn't been easy. It's not always a smooth road. And, and a lot of times people call me up and they're like, what you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to hold it between the lines, right? Because that's kind of how life is, right? You know, life comes at you fast and it's, it's always changing. It's always something different, always something new. Um, but it's about what's important to you at the end of the day. Um, how important is it to you? I think that there is something in peace of mind. I think it's something in you may run around on that field in Green Bay. Yeah, I have some memories about that. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, time doesn't stop for anyone. Mm-hmm. We're all here for a finite amount of time. Yeah, amen. And when you're no longer here, what, what's left? What did you leave? What did you do? How did you touch? There's, there's a saying on the wall right behind me that I firmly believe in. People, you know, they remember, they, people don't remember what you say. They don't remember what you did, right? People remember how you made them feel. And so I, I, I talk to my kids about that all the time. My daughter, she's like, oh, dad's getting on the soapbox. Here he is, here he is. <laughs> but you know, throughout my short 45 years, and because I'm still a young man, I've, I've learned that. That is, is, is so much not about what I say. It's not about what I do. It's about how you make people feel, right? It's about, that's what people remember. That's what they remember. And so that is kind of what I'm doing, hopefully with my kids, with my family, with the people I encounter on a day-to-day basis is be that kind of person, right? That's, that, that's what's important to me. And so I think we all have to find that, that balance. You talked about that before. We have to find that balance of what makes sense for, for, for us or for you. Yeah, that's my soapbox. That's my two cents. I love, it. I love your two yeah. cents. And this has been yeah. an, an amazing interview. I love it. And much love to you and the family. And I appreciate you sitting at the mic with me. Thank you so much. And I know that the listeners 
very inspired. And uh, they got to have a lot of time. Y'all been talking a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're on two part this. We two part this. <laughs> okay. All right. Sounds good, sis. All Enjoyed right. you. Okay. I enjoy watching the podcast and following you. So I mean, I'm really proud of you and what you're doing with your life and how you pivoted. And, you know, I'm firmly a believer in, in life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you respond to what happens to you. And, you know, you continue to be a light and uh, an example in my life of, about doing things the right way. I appreciate right? that. So I appreciate I, you. I appreciate yeah. you more. Wow, what a great interview with Vonnie Holiday. Vonnie, thank you so very much, brother, for sitting at the mic with me, for being so authentic and real, sharing your beautiful story all the way from Camden, South Carolina, to the multiple cities that you were able to play in as a professional football player for 15 years. What a blessing that is in itself. And to be able to take each experience and each opportunity to use that into your now new endeavors as a businessman and continuing to be a great family man. Thank you for inspiring us and sharing that wonderful story with us. Listeners, one of the most important things that Bonnie said, people remember how you made them feel. So in each experience that you have, in each transition that you have, in each situation that allows you to learn and to grow and to bless others along your own personal journeys, be present in that. Be thankful in that and know that you are appreciated for that. Thank you guys for taking the time to listen to Life, Love, Marriage, Divorce, the podcast. I appreciate you so much. Have a blessed week. And until the next podcast, God bless.